Is that Glock? Well, I'm tripping major nutsack right now. Oh, send it! Welcome to the world of winning. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Switchback Formula One podcast, coming to you in the aftermath of the Saudi Arabia Grand Prix. My name is Graham, and joining me, as always, it's uh, the P16 goat, <laughs> Luke Holmes. <laughs> yes, I am the P16 goat. As much as my hero is, what an absolute G! How are we doing, Graham? <laughs> Not too shabby. How are things? Oh, my Saturday! It was the best of the best. A fantastic evening with qualifying, sure. as I'm sure we'll get to, and then a fantastic evening with the boys. So, <laughs> all nine of us. Yes, unfortunate for uh, the one soul that was missing out, but very good day. And then today was even better. So. Very good day with the family. So, very good. Decent. Yes, um, Mother's Day Sunday. Anything to go up to? Just had the uh, grandparents around for a, a bit of a Sunday roast, and that and that was about it. And then watched the F one together with my granddad for the first time ever. Oh, nice. That was, that was uh, running commentary of we would we would have done this in the eighties. And is he a long time fan? Or? He is and isn't. He does. He liked it more. Back in the olden days, hmm. rather than now, but he does still keep up up to date with it and stuff. But, so, so who yeah. would have been his favourite driver? Mansell. Up? Yeah, it seems a very popular kind of eighties driver yeah. for sure. He has he has the moustache that Mansell had. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he still has it now. It's yeah, he's uh, he's very big on Mansell. So is my grandma, and she doesn't even like F one, but <laughs> she likes Mansell. Yeah, not surprised. <laughs> um, Mansell was a. Look, he's a he's a charming guy in his when he was racing. It's well, it's weird, isn't yeah. it? His career arc is so weird. Like he would like he obviously stepped into a Williams that was obviously so so dominant, but without that, he's uh, he would arguably or maybe not even arguably he would have been the best driver not to win a title, and he came very close. Like how old is he when he won the ninety two title? It's like thirty something. He was in his thirties, yeah, late like mid to late thirties, I think, when he won that. So, mm. and then, you know, just stepped into a, what was obviously the early 90s Williams are, of course, just ridiculous. Fantastic. So, like, heck, Alan Prost decided to get, decided he'd get one more title and dip. <laughs> Stepping into the 93 one, so. Uh, so. Anyways, we, have a, we had a great race, obviously, in Saudi Arabia. It was one that was won late on by Max Verstappen, the Red Bull, ahead of Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz, ahead of Sergio Perez, George Russell, Esteban Ocon, Lando Norris, Pierre Gasly, Kevin Magnussen, and Lewis Hamilton rounding out the top 10. Now, before we head in, we're not, there's really no news to speak of heading into this week, and I think we'll do we'll do more of an F2 roundup and kind of go into deeper detail into the very confusing F2 season that has been so far. We'll do that next week, because there's a bit of breathing room between now and... The Australian Grand Prix, which is a uh, round number three, so we can just dump, jump into immediately winners and losers of the uh, of the weekend. And I would say, I would say Red Bull. I would say big, big the big story, obviously from la- from the last race in Bahrain was, of course, the late double DNF question marks heading into this one. You know, had they solved those issues? Had they done this and that? And overreactions, I would say, for the most part, because it was it was one race, and it was unfortunate the the late DNF between the two cars, but. Uh, they were always going to bounce back, weren't they? Oh, yeah, 100%. Not to the extent that I thought they would win the race, but mm-hmm. I definitely put them in the mix, 100%. Yeah, 
Well, if anything, there was the, the big surprise was on Saturday when Charles Leclerc seemed like he had pole position nailed on. Again, just similar to the Bahrain, just delivered a lap when he needed it. Sainz, again, the one that was leading the way before the last runs in, in Q3. And yeah, just fell away again when it mattered. And Leclerc got the business done. But then Sergio Perez just came out of nowhere to take his first career pole in 215 races. 11 years race day was the... Uh, the anniversary of his uh, his debut back in 2011 just you know there's a lot i was, i mentioned to this to you afterwards in the uh, in, in our messages but perez has got keep i think it's a like keep fighting on the back of his helmet it does yeah keep fighting is not like this whole this, this whole lewis hamilton mantra bullshit that like oh we never give up when we you know and he's like it's, it's score a podium or something keep fighting or never give up is what Perez did was to get your first pole position in 11 years in the sport that was that was just a great great story on Saturday night it was and he now holds the record for the longest win drought well longest person to take their first win and then the longest person to take (laughs) their first pole so not records I'm sure he wanted to have but is is um I think everybody was just happy to see. I don't even think Charles was even mad that it was Perez that took pole no. off. Of <laughs> yeah, it, it was what a lap as well, though. By the way, absolutely oh, yeah. rail was all qualifying that he he just came out of nowhere. On the uh, like Q one didn't really notice him, but then got to Q two. I was like, hang on a minute, he looks he looks like he's absolutely chucking that thing in there. And then uh, as a familiar theme that came through that the weekend was the rebel was stupidly OP in sector two and three in the straight lines, which is very surprising. Yeah, I didn't expect that. C- compared to previous years where it's not really been their strong suit in the old uh, car designs. It's, in fact, it's never, ever been Red Bull's strong suit at all. It's always been downforce, downforce, mm-hmm. downforce. And then absolutely aced the last sector, absolutely smashed out of the park and Nick's pole from off Leclerc with an absolute stonking lap. So fair play to... Perez I was more than chuffed oh yeah like everyone was I think everyone was just pleased on that regard and look like you say longest gap between winning a race and pole position look we just mentioned Mansell better late than never you know mm, well, that's it never give up never Hashtag give up believing mm-hmm. and that's what that <laughs> actually means not what we saw in Barry last this, week oh we've been we've been out of points for one race yeah okay whatever yeah, sure. and Mercedes Twitter like, we, oh, we look like oh, after a day like today, oh, like, like oh, to see your messages, it means so much. It's like, guys, have you have any idea what other teams have had to go through while you've Williams. done what you've done? You know, yeah. <laughs> when Williams score a podium or points as they did last season, you know, you can you can send stuff like that oh, and and all and all that. But anyways, um, didn't I mean from well race dash? I mean Perez from pole position, like he aced it. Like I was worried that. A, he wouldn't get the good enough start, and B, that his race pace would kind of drop off and the clerk would come back at him. Neither of those those things happened. Perez was in complete control in that early phase. He had them in his back pocket, didn't he? He got like a two really second was. lead, and then yeah, and then the tides turned and uh, the clerk called his bluff, pretty much, and forced Red Bull's hand. And uh, obviously, uh, some of our favourite drivers that we like to talk about decided to uh, oh, one of our favourite drivers that we like to talk about Mr Canadian himself Nicholas Latifi decided you know what I'm going to absolutely lose this and bin it my word what an absolute terrible driver <laughs> 
Yeah, so pit to overtake was the uh, was the message to the clerk, which I believe uh, translates uh, from listening to the stuff afterwards. I believe is basically the old do the opposite of what he doesn't do. So Perez, obviously the Friar crew came out. Perez into the pits. The clerk carried on. Uh, I know you're not supposed you're not really supposed to do that though. It's like the dummy stuff like that. But I guess I guess you could put it down to reactive because you know the clerk can just just say he just decided that you saw Perez come in. I then he wanted to stay out. Yeah. Yeah, which is fair game. Every team does it. Yeah. And, yeah, the the Latifi crash is second of the weekend. And uh, poor old Perez not only lost the lead when the, obviously, the safety car was deployed, Leclerc, Verstappen, and then eventually Sainz would subsequently jump in as well. Uh, he got ahead of uh, of Perez. Safety car line, very oddly placed. Technically, it's still in the pit lane for the car coming out mm. of the pits. So... I don't know. I would personally think you'd move it up a little bit past the pit exit, so it's a bit more even. So it's just a straight line, on the, and you know, you know what I mean. So it's just like on a straight piece of track, so you can actually get definition rather than it yeah. being on an angle, where the cars are going at a similar speed, rather than one's accelerating out of the corner while the other one's powering out of the pits. It's a bit, a bit dodgy. Hmm. So Perez had ended up in P four. So and that was really again. We could easily to be talking if the opposite had happened. Had Perez been the one to stay out and Leclerc come in, then your result really is you know Leclerc and P four and Perez you know fighting possibly for the win. So yeah, definitely. It was just how it, just, it, was just how very, it went. Yeah, it's, it's the sport is very cruel when it wants to be. He, mm-hmm. he probably deserved that at least a podium for God's sake. Absolutely. Never mind, never mind winning the race. But I, I, did, I did really feel bad for him. I really did. Yeah, again, he was controlling that race beautifully at the front and was showing the pace he needed to, doing everything he needed to, and then, yeah, just something completely out of his hands, just flipped the race on his head. But for the Red Bull team, I mean, Verstappen carried the, carried the torch. Uh, the VSC late on that uh, seemed to really, or kind of not, well, not late on, but, you know, in the latter part of the race, seemed to definitely give Verstappen an advantage. He definitely made up some time under that VSC. And once he got within that DRS of Leclerc, it was uh, he was there in the hunt. Yeah, it was game over. I think Leclerc was struggling with uh, getting heat back into his tyres after they uh, cooled down during the quite long VSC because long. there was like three or four cars that decided all just to go nope within the space of a lap, which was very strange. <laughs> Bizarre. Yeah. Was it was it three different manufacturers as well? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, literally. Ferrari, Renault, and uh, Mercedes. Yeah, yeah, engines. Exactly. Uh, so that was, that was strange. Uh, eventually, though, Verstappen, after some gamesmanship, uh, you know, between the the DRS line at the very end of the of, uh, turn twenty seven, uh, <laughs> you know, similar to what we saw last last year to a degree. Uh, yes. Again, I like the makeup of this track. You know, it race it like I think. I can't remember if it was Lando Norris speaking on the F1 uh, Live's post-race show, but racing is more than just driving a car. There's a lot of, you know, thought that has to go into it. Now, they couldn't have, Verstappen and Leclerc couldn't have done what they did at the kind of after you kind of thing if Sainz and Perez were a little bit closer, but... No, no, definitely not. Not a chance. But gamesmanship was played. Respectful. um, Amazing, Mm. you know. uh, Verstappen knows how to drive around a car that is... Slowing down at that part of the track. Yeah, it's, it's funny that. It's amazing, it's funny how we had, a, we had a clean. This is the second race now we have a, where we've had clean battling out of the two drivers that I didn't expect it to happen with. Which is very strange, yeah. isn't it? Eventually, the yeah. lap forty-seven, just heading on to the beginning of lap forty-seven, was when Verstappen made his move. 
and uh, Leclerc did, he couldn't really reply after it. So the rear seemed to be gone for Leclerc. They did, just didn't seem to be have the have the legs. And you kept within DRS to be fair. And again, once Verstappen got lead, it was a rapid pace. Uh, he quickly set the fastest lap of the race, and then Leclerc replied. So like the pace was still quite strong at the end there, but just yeah, just didn't have the legs in the end. And uh, Red Bull get their season rolling finally after disappointing Bahrain. Yeah, which is which I'm all for, to be fair, because I think I don't want one team to be running away with it straight away. As much as I want Ferrari to be winning, I want there to be some form of fight going on, mm-hmm. where it's back and forth every race, not where one team dominates the four races, then we have another team dominate the four races. That's, that's pretty boring in my eyes. So it was all, all good for me. I really, really enjoyed that. Yeah, it was really, really good. Like That was a really good race. Not just, like, again, the... the the fight for the lead mm. at the end of the race is always very good. Then you had you great midfield scraps as well. So it was. Take uh, out the, the middle 20 laps, and sure, <laughs> I'd agree with you because mm. the middle 20 laps were a bit meh. But yeah, we'll, we'll take it with a pinch of salt on the ones. So Verstappen kind of gets his season up and running finally after missing out on uh, P2 last week. They really should be tied on points, basically, the Verstappen and the clerk, or maybe one point either way with the fastest lap. But. Uh, so Verstappen obviously making up for lost ground here, so which doesn't make the result for the clerk an awful one. Like they both got to the flag and finish. Uh, big for Verstappen more so because any tank entanglement that he had, would have had with the clerk obviously gives uh, Ferrari and either the clerk or Sainz just more room to run away. So uh, this is—I don't want to say this was a this was a must-finish race for Verstappen. Like he had to get to the flag here, he had to get a decent result because you don't want to fall too uh, behind uh, too early. Like I'm looking at the. Uh, the constructors' standings, like you know, Ferrari are already forty points clear of Mercedes in second. Let alone Red Bull, which are they're forty-one clear of, of them. Yeah, consistency is key. It's always been the case. Look at Max last year. Consistently, I don't think he finished third last year. He, he literally finished first or second or dumped or the one odd result in Hungary, which he was out of his hands. Mm-hmm. So obviously, consistency it matters a lot. So getting points on the board. And just getting the season rolling before we go to uh, the first major flyaway in Australia. Mm-hmm. So, great result for Red Bull. Obviously, they get their season underway. Again, they should be much closer to the free, but they're not obviously out of it. Like, it's a long season, long season ahead. And they could take encouragement that both cars were very much in the mix. Like, Perez could have easily been, this could have easily been Perez's day, had things unfolded differently. And as, as it so happens, he was he was fourth, but, you know, they're, they were in the mix more so on a high-speed circuit than the lower speed of Bahrain. Yeah, which is, I find very interesting. Very mm-hmm. interesting. So, it's good. Yeah, so a good result for Verstappen to get the season on track. And he is, where is he? He is obviously on 25 points. And he's so he's 20 behind Leclerc, who's on 45. So, yeah, so some inroads, early inroads made on that early, little early uh, deficit there. So, yeah, slowly but surely for, for Verstappen. Hmm. Uh, we'll give Ferrari a quick win of the weekend here too because obviously look their pace still translates they got a double podium when Red Bull probably had the faster car and obviously Verstappen had jumped science early on uh, on lap one so you know they were holding nicely there so to come away with a double podium after after that lap one I think uh, that of course they, and they came very close to winning the race but you know given how it unfolded I think uh, second and third is a a solid uh, solid outing for them given that I think Red Bull probably had the uh, the margin on pace in the end yeah definitely and they definitely in race trim Red Bull with a better car so pass off for getting the double podium and just bringing it home just like I say just consistently there that's all they need to be 
just consistently picking up the results even when they might not have the quickest car. Mm. Uh, a word on science because again uh, look it's very early season so you're, you're trying to figure out which trends are are going to continue which ones are unlikely to continue and twice now in the season science has had the upper hand to start q3 and then when it's mattered most to deliver a lap it's kind of fallen away and in the race again to his teammate he's kind of fallen away you know a little bit and Again, I think you need to find some race to strike and finish ahead of Leclerc and either get a win or finish ahead of him because, you know, at the moment, look, it's he's only he's only what twelve points behind Leclerc. But you know, the more Verstappen comes into the fray here and the more Leclerc finishes ahead of him, like this is you know, again, it's very early, but this is how you know you begin to prioritize number one, number two drivers. Yeah, science really does need to. Not get his act together, just under, get his understanding of how and where the pace is is going. So, I'm sure it'll come. No, no doubt in my mind, he's going to pick up a, a couple of really good results this season. But with how Max on the club managed to just absolutely drop uh, Sainz and uh, Perez in that race, they they were nine seconds up the road from them. It just shows the the level of talent that those two have got over the other two. So, Carlos is definitely in that range if he if he wants to be. So if he gets his act together, then uh, I think he can make it an even more interesting battle at the front. In some ways, he's a fish out of water because he doesn't have what Verstappen and Leclerc have. Obviously, Verstappen has had multiple years, you know, being near or in the fight at the front, you know, and mm. you know different races. And obviously, he's had the he's had championship experience now, and he's been in this position a lot of times. Verstappen now, Leclerc less so, but again, that 2019 season really. Again, without that 2019 season to gear him up, you know, obviously 2020, 2021, you know, the, the, the performance at the front wasn't quite there. But with 19 in hand, like, you know, Leclerc knows how to, to, to you know, to scrap for a win, to to qualify and pull, to nail the lap, to finish high, to withstand the pressure of leading a race. Gamesmanship, he's learned a little bit from 2019 as well. He, just, these guys have that experience that science doesn't have. So in, I think in some ways this could be like a, for what this year is for science might be what you know like 2017 and 2018 may have been for verstappen and what 2019 was to leclerc yeah that's, that's a fair point to be fair it's, it's a massive leap going from a team that was comfortably third but not quick enough to be second or first this you're never in that fight really was he so this is an all new area fighting with completely different drivers to what he's normally used to fighting with Mm-hmm. So I'm sure it's just going to take a, a few races just to get used to it. It looked, it took Leclerc a few, to be fair. Yeah. So it, I, I assume it wouldn't take long for him to get back up to speed that he was towards the end of last season. Bear in mind, that's three podiums on the trot now yeah. as well for, for science. So it's, it's, it's get, it'll be there, I'm sure. The other thing I worry for him in that, in that regard is that Last year, Ferrari were, you know, they played a lot more team orders. Uh, Science being a beneficiary mm. of these team orders uh, quite a few times to uh, get ahead of Leclerc just to see how far high up they could finish. And obviously they're hunting for, you know, the latter stages of either a podium or, you know, fourth or fifth or whatever. Uh, I don't I don't see that as much this season when, you know, they've got, they're hunting for wins and podiums and Red Bulls in the chase here as well. I, I don't know. I feel like for, for Science might not get the rub of the green on that in that regard this season, which might kind of explain some of a drop off yeah I know I know what you mean hmm. it's uh, it's an interesting one it's early so we're, again, we're just seeing trends develop here but this is one that has developed here a little bit so far but 
double podium for Ferrari there again like, like we said they're 40 points clear at the top of the constructors again very early days so you know no one's too far away from it and obviously a good result for Red Bull obviously today gets them back into the fray a bit so but yeah a good weekend for uh, Ferrari and uh, Red Bull considering uh, considering that uh, hmm. who do you I think I know who your next who your your winner of the weekend is going to be here but uh, who have you who have you got I'm, I'm going to say George yes I would have done exactly the same thing yeah, yeah. Quiet, but got the job done. You know what I mean? He, I could quite easily put him in mayor, but he's also not done anything wrong. He's absolutely slapped his teammate in qualifying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although that is apparently down to set up, which I do not believe, but whatever. <laughs> um, got the overtake done on knock-on early in the race and just sort of was in no man's land, really, until the safety car and then didn't was really much in the same scenario after that just quiet quiet p5 mm. and just good points all i guess for the team yeah i mean he was the clearly the the better mercedes driver of the weekend was much more comfortable he actually was very happy with how the car felt during the race and to be fair that mercedes did look like it had a good race pace to be fair especially in the hands of uh obviously russell as well but hamilton has a good pace as well after the the safety car on his older on his older hearts that he started the race on but uh, Russell, yeah, just calm, collected, uh, just solid weekend, got the most out of the car that he could. Fifth place was the best result that was on offer for them today with both Red Bulls and Ferraris finishing. Again, mm. I feel like Mercedes have been very flattered in terms of uh, margin because, again, they were quite they were quite a long way behind and then another safety car, again, like Bahrain, closed that gap up. So, again, I feel like they're being flattered a bit because without a safety car, they would be still miles and miles behind. And yeah, I feel like they're been, they've been flattered from that point of view. But again, look, P5 for Russell, he did very well. And good for him to lay down his credentials here and, and com- uh, convincingly outperform his teammate. Yeah, you've got to lay down the mark rather than you and show the boss what you can do. It's not just the car underperforming in the terms of the other side of the garage. It's... It's fine on my side. I don't mm-hmm. see what the problem is. I'm I'm getting the job done perfectly fine. You know what I mean? It's 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 something that if it's a reoccurring issue where it goes back and forth and ebbs and flows between each race, then it'll be a bizarre situation. But I, I don't see it that see it being like that. I think Mercedes have got upgrades on the way. I'm sure Lewis mm. will bounce back at a tracker. I know he goes well at. So I'm sure George is eager to get a podium as well a proper podium this time I'm not, I'm not taking the Belgian one away from him but it wasn't what I'd say race for it anyway <laughs> yeah didn't have to read the quali- for it. he didn't but the qualifying lap I think warranted some form of reward so fair play in that sense but yeah the thing is Mercedes would have been was it like when the first safety car came out he was like 12 13 seconds behind fourth place uh, and then yeah easily and that was like lap 15. was not that. long. No, it was not long. No. So you're talking like eight tenths of a second a lap that they were losing on race pace to the front two teams, which is a hell mm. of a lot. That gap could have been easily 40 seconds Yeah, come the end of the race if there was no safety cars. And like, Easy. You say Mercedes will have upgrades coming, like, but like the reality is every team will. So Yeah, that that's the thing. That's just the one that I'm confirmed that I've read will definitely be happening. But whether Ferrari and Red, Red Bull bring much more bigger upgrades than what Mercedes are going to need then I, I don't know 
again, you're all they're all limited. You know, they're all limited in in their you know CFD time and or are they? You know, and funding and that kind of thing. Your budget cap of what well, they are. They're if I am monitor this these things. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Some something will happen. Um, <laughs> they'll be they'll be winning in, in Australia. You watch. <laughs> God. Uh, I'll give a win of the weekend to I'll give a win of the weekend to Alpine's pace. Yes, that, that's what I was going to say as well. Because yeah. at a bit of a higher speed circuit, they showed their a much better turn of pace. Ocon had a great qualifying. Alonso not too far behind him. Uh, the margins of qualifying were so close that a tenth basically separated mm. like fifth from eighth. Like it was quite, it was quite close. Uh, the race came, and obviously, you know, the the pace wasn't quite as there as it was in qualifying, but. Uh, Alonso in particular was showing some very strong pace and was on, you know, obviously over had overtaken Ocon, had their had their scrap, uh, had they had a scrap at Ocon. Do you think Ocon went a little bit over the uh, edge at times with Alonso there? Yeah, it, like they had an opportunity to stick with George if they just let each other go and just DRS each other up. Nice and simple pass, no need to fight too hard. They made it overcomplicated and it and it cost them. To be honest, I, I think there was an opportunity there. Probably wouldn't have got George, to be fair, but you never know, do you? Unless if you're going to fight and piss about, they lost four seconds within three laps yeah. just because of about. You know, if one driver's faster than the other, unless it's late in the season, then just let them go. It's, it's no point fighting as rough as they were, especially Ocon. Alonso gave it back, which I full on expected, and it's definitely warranted. I was expecting fireworks afterwards, to be fair, but I think Alonso had a chance to calm down before Ocon got back, because obviously uh, Nando did not get a chance to finish the race. No. Uh, the weird, like, again, it was very odd seeing them go, like, Ocon do that, because, like, you know, you know, rewind back a week ago beforehand, and you had Alonso you know, playing the team game, you know, letting Ocon go when he had better pace in that race. It didn't, mm. didn't overly fight things you know Alonso was playing the team game I'd like to have seen Ocon you know return the favour a bit in that regard but yeah I thought their relationship was a bit better than that yeah I thought like there did you did you get some like you know in, in, again in the pink car did you just, yeah, did I you was, get a I little bit of Perez and Ocon anybody vibes? who watched that 2018 season was getting 17 for that 17 yeah anybody well. was getting was getting them vibes of the uh Racing point, Force India shenanigans with Ocon and Perez, hundred percent. I also got some Verstappen Ricardo Baku twenty eighteen kind of uh, yeah. flashback with that with when that one where Ocon moved across. I could have easily ended up in a crash. Yeah, I, w- I was expecting it to end up in a crash. To be honest, mm. yeah, the way it was going, it was getting rougher and rougher and rougher by the lap, and then Alonso eventually made it stick, and then Ocon got told to hold by the team, which I don't know why they didn't bother doing earlier. To be honest, <laughs> I know. Um, I know, like they was tough because like they had a like, a Bottas and the Magnussen not too far behind as well. So, yeah, but they wouldn't have been in that position to to be fair if they weren't pissing about. Mm. <laughs> they would have been at least two seconds on the road and would have been able to sort it out a bit later on. But no, buying themselves in the arse. So they they they're a winner, in, like say, on their pace. But they got a good result through Arcan. To be fair, I can't finish sixth. But again, like. That should have been Alonso's P6 because yeah, Alonso yeah. was ahead of Ocon. And I'm going to throw our next winner in the weekend, which is McLaren. And I put Daniel Ricciardo firstly because, again, he was ahead of Norris. And Norris finished seventh there, having a scrap at Ocon for sixth. 
Norris was ahead of uh, Ricardo was ahead of Norris. Now I don't know whether the tires may have come back to Norris because Ricardo was the one that pitted first, and so mm. perhaps something may have gone there. But again, like you know, like Ocon and Norris, you know, they'll get the plaudits because they are the ones that finished sixth and seventh. But the, both of their teammates were ahead of them for the majority of that race, and yeah, they're both running better. Yeah, this is the thing. Like you know. Uh, you look at the final result and you and you you know oh like you think oh Norris you know th- that's what you expect but man was behind Ricardo for a good chunk of that race Ricardo was was on it I thought he was very close to Norris in qualifying which hasn't always been the case and in, in the race as well managed to get himself ahead when he stopped earlier and again was was staying there you know mm. it's just unfortunate that whatever decided to go wrong went wrong for him like mm-hmm. it's it, you don't see it often enough going wrong for Norris. In terms of reliability, it's more. Yeah, it's always been Danny. It's very strange. It's an odd one, but um, look, ultimately though, a good result for Norris and McLaren because this this circus characteristics seem to suit them a bit better. Um, Norris was quite pessimistic post race that you know he he said he was if they go back to Bahrain they'd be exactly what they were last week. You know, like the slow speed stuff, and he talked about Monza. You know, I think because even Ocon having have it. Uh, him and Gasly and Ocon were having some uh, some some bants afterwards on the F1 post race show, and uh, he was impressed with the. Or sorry, it was Gasly was impressed with some of the speed that was uh, going on with Norris. And Norris, you know, they're just joking around. Like, he talked about maybe Monza, and like Norris was like, "No, uh, ah, straights and slow corners, which are bo- both of which were bad in," which was yeah an interesting comment to make. So they could be a very up and down team, just given how what, like. Have just given a, a circus characteristics in Australia. The changes in Australia should help the teams that have a bit better fortunes in kind of mid to high speed because it's the way that those corners have been opened up a bit. It's removed some of the low speed aspect out of Melbourne. Some of it, anyways. Yeah, yeah. But uh, look, a good turnaround for McLaren, given obviously where they were in Bahrain and their the race was actually decent enough to be fair. Like their qualifying pace wasn't amazing, but uh, their race pace solid enough and a P seven for Norris was. What McLaren were kind of knocking on the door of uh, in some regards. Again, I got lucky enough that, you know, that uh, obviously Alonso retired. And I think Bottas was ahead of he was. them, wasn't he? So, he was, yeah. He was on he was on the also the Alpines. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but even just getting both cars into Q2, was, I thought was a win for them. It mm-hmm. just seems to, a little step forward, take the little victories. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think they're on the right track. And a good haul of points for P7, so can't be too upset oh, yeah, about definitely. that. definitely. Definitely. Um, I'm going to give Haas a win of the weekend for just circumstances because uh, obviously for Mick Schumacher to you know be okay after that big accident in in qualifying was a was is it just a win in general? And Magnussen you know really struggled with neck pain again. This is part of you know getting back into life as an F1 driver. Really struggled with neck pain. Said there was a lot of time left in that car in qualifying, so he didn't quite get the quality result. Uh, the strategy didn't really work for him either starting on hards and then the safety car came out and you know uh, kind of things didn't quite go to plan with that strategy but still picked up P9 out of, out of it so I think all things considered for Haas you know uh, between Schumacher being able to walk away and Magnussen picking up some points despite some uh, like race problems and obviously Magnussen struggling with his neck I think all in all a, a good a good weekend for, for Haas in, in this you know grand scheme of things yeah just picking up the points picking up Little ends that they should be doing. The part the car probably would have been in the fight with the Alpines, I reckon, if, like, say, Magnussen had 
more time to get his neck prepared rather than just being dropped in last minute. Didn't obviously get enough running in practice one or practice two, to be no. fair to him. So I think it was absolutely stonking result just to get points because he got absolutely screwed with, the, <laughs> with issues and stuff. A track he's never been at. <laughs> Let's say that as well. Sure. So fair play to him on that. The the car just looks good as well. So yeah, yeah. I, I think they can take some positives away from that. Obviously, they're going to get absolutely hefty bill to replace and yeah. repair bits on mixed car because that car is absolutely fecked. Yeah, literally in half afterwards. Which is designed to do this year, to be fair. So I think we're going to see a lot more of that if with the uh, high speed crashes. It's just how the crash structure works on these uh, new gen cars. Mm-hmm. So. And look, I think Mick could have been in the fight for Q3 as well. You know, it was looking... Yeah, it could have been anybody, really. But yeah, I think, like I said, it was stupidly close. But he could have easily been in there, just pushed that little bit too much in that curb, which needs to get in the bin, by the way. That's twice this weekend there's been a bad crash there. And at least 10 moments I've seen where drivers have nearly binned it, Ocon... In Q3, nearly binned it right at the last minute. Alonso in Q2, I think, as well. Yeah. Or well, the practice sections, actually, sorry. Yeah, and obviously Jem Balabasi in F2, binned it there, and I couldn't race in F2 because yeah. he got a concussion. So in exactly the same scenario as Schumacher. Yeah. In exactly the same more. Drivers obviously wanting to uh, have more safety concerns addressed at, at Saudi Arabia. Uh, I guess in more ways than one, but... Anywho, yeah. yeah, the track does need a few more tweaks. I think I like. I will say this: like, it's. I don't know if it's. I was saying this to you. I don't know if it's a, the fear factor of that track that that produces that you know the walls are so close or, or what it is. But there are a few tracks on the calendar, in qualifying when you're looking at the cars, if everyone's going flat, your heart does be racing. Like you feel that intensity, that adrenaline, that fear, that you know, on the limit stuff. And heck, that's just for us watching. You know, it was, it's one of the few tracks that could really raise your heart heart rate. It is, and, and not all tracks can say they do that, you know? No, and obviously last year we had the title battle with it being the second to last race, which mm-hmm. made it even more spicy. So, God, could you even, imagine? Even just, just at the second race where we know absolutely nothing really, and I, I was on the edge of my seat and I didn't know mm-hmm. who was going to crash. Who was going to get to the end? It, it was insane. Could, 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 I, I do I do love it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like a little adrenaline rush. It's, it's ever so strange. Could you imagine if that was Verstappen versus Leclerc, second last race of the season, as close in points, you know, just... Yeah, I feel going back and forth. I, I feel this track is wasted this part of the, the year, you know? It is, it is. It's... it's a lot of people were shouting for it to get kicked off the calendar because it's not up to standard and what have you. I, I, I disagree with that. They, they made plenty of good changes this weekend, I thought, compared to previous years. They've mm-hmm. opened up quite a bit. There's still a few dodgy areas, but every track has its dodgy areas. There's a street circuit. Don't, don't even get that twisted. Mm-hmm. Singapore took a few years to get rid of the Singapore sling. Yeah. So I'm sure Jeddah will get rid of the uh, dodgy turn 12 whatever it is, I think it is, curb. And, and then I think pretty much the, most of the issues are ironed out, really. Mm, you know, I reckon a few more Tech Pro barriers might be required in, in a few different spots, just to because obviously, look, concrete walls are quite along the way for most of it. So mm. I know that reduces some of your space that you have to work with in terms of, you know, how wide the track is. But 
I think it's a it's a necessary kind of sacrifice that might be yeah might be just in the heartbeat stuff yeah hundred percent I get a lot of vibes with this track I get with Turkey in the sense that it's a great I think it can be a great circuit for Grand Prix racing and the action but because of where it's located in the world you know it you know if it was, if, if people jump to conclusions you know it, I think I I, so. I feel like if like if the Istanbul circuit and this track at Jeddah were in Europe, I think they would be hugely celebrated tracks. Yeah, if this was in blooming middle of Nottingham, I think this you would know? be fine. This would be sand. So, so I'd, I'd definitely be there. I'll be getting my car around that track. <laughs> so I, that's how I kind of feel with like I think this track has got great potential. There is it. It's adrenaline rushing. Like it is a. It, it does something like for the hardcore. I and mean, we even saw it with like someone like Fernando Alonso. Like I still like come back to this every single time with this track for someone who's been there, done it all, won races in the sport 20 years now. And for him to be able to react the way he did to Verstappen, you know, when he, as he was doing his qualifying lap, it, it I don't know. It, it yeah. that, that just resonates something in me that, you know, this track does invoke a certain emotion yeah it's, it's it's a very strange feeling like i said it's 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 really really weird but i love it and to say i was hating on this track a hell of a lot last year <laughs> i regret it i really do <laughs> well like you to be fair your concerns were more so that it wouldn't be completed in time and like if it was it wouldn't be yeah, ready I, yeah no, you did, i, I you didn't like say when either. the first <laughs> no i wasn't a fan of it when we saw the uh, computer-generated images, mm-hmm. but obviously that's you're not you're never going to get a good representation. This is why I'm not judging the Miami track until I've seen it. This is one of them. I'm not I'm not making that mistake again. Mm-hmm. So although, although I'm I'm going to say that's going to be right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have any other winners of the uh, the weekend before we move on to some of the losers? I guess you can chuck Gasly in there. I guess you could points. He I had him down as meh. I guess it's a winner. Yeah, Even points Bombing, in a say. car that, in the car that's, well, the engine's been <laughs> absolutely unre- unreal for our liability on the other side of the garage. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't really think I have any other winners or of the weekend either. It kind of just settled in like that. Um, I guess Alex Albon in the uh, the hunt for a point late on was was going okay, well. and then. <laughs> Yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah, we know the obviously Canadian Minister of Defence. Um, let's go on to losers then. Maybe another winner will come to you. Let's move on to losers, and I think we're going to be both in agreement here that Lewis Hamilton was a massive loser of the weekend. Uh, obviously, qualifying was an absolute disaster uh, out in Q one. Uh, much to the amusement of mostly everyone, to be everyone. fair. You, you especially, Graham. Do not get it twisted. Right, if, if for, for some context here, do you know what? I might just uh, actually uh, leave the, the I actually might just include the voice notion yeah. here if I can. Graham sent me a minute and thirty second voice note of him just in hysterics, pissing himself at the fact that Hamilton had been knocked out in Q one. My God, he sent it to the group chat with all the boys in, and my word, everybody, it's just so funny, <laughs> so funny. We were all pissing ourselves when we saw it. We we're like, no, surely not. And then he comes across the line, P15, and then the Lord and of, Saviour, of all people, Landstroll, of, of all people, decides, you know what, I'm going to turn up today. 
get knocked out, Lewis. <laughs> it could be like I sent that message to my younger brother, and it was I forwarded on because yeah, it sent its message. But to be fair, like, it could be even worse for Hamilton because like Sonoda didn't get to run at his head time in Q one. Like it could have been even worse for for Hamilton. Mm. Yeah, and even more obviously with Schumacher not being able to race on the Sunday, you know that's that was one position he actually gained from that point of view. But yeah, so there was that qualifying session where and the, the, the thing was as well that Russell stuck his car in fourth in Q one, so you yeah, can't even blame the car. The nail in the coffin, that you one. And uh, yeah, and then after that, the race. Then obviously started outside the top ten. The, you went you had some good pace in the hards. And obviously, the safety car didn't really help. Didn't seem to hurt him a lot either. Only, only from the point of view that obviously, a lot of people look. I think if this is a two-stop race, it may have been a different story. But the fact mm. that it only ended up being a one-stop mainly, uh, obviously, put Hamilton in a rough spot because everyone had made their stop, and he and Magnussen still had to because they had started on the hards. And so good pace for Hamilton to be fair uh, on that on those uh, older hearts. And then when the VSC came out for the trio of retirements, unrelated retirements within like a lap and a half with Bottas, Alonso, and Ricardo, they closed the pit lane. I was sure there was going to be some sort of shenanigans that would allow Hamilton to get into the pits uh, while the VSC was still on, but you know they didn't. And Hamilton they missed a trade with that one. They, they did really did. Mercedes did let Hamilton down with that. Yeah, has got Magnussen in. Even Hulkenberg yeah. came in for Aston Martin, for God's sake. My, surely the the best team, my team don't miss. Um, <laughs> would would uh, begin to seem his, to miss, aren't they? Yeah, get the goat in. Yeah, um, and then obviously had to pitch late on. He's lucky, honestly, to get a point here because every single driver who retired in that group, Ricardo, Bottas, Alonso, they were all ahead of Hamilton that made their stops. He was incredibly lucky to get one point from this race. So, a bit of a shambles. Not The race wasn't entirely his fault, but obviously what happened in qualifying was entirely his his fault. So, you know, yeah. he was in that but position for, some, for a reason. Some context. He finished a minute and 10 seconds off the lead. A minute and 10. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> could, couldn't, uh, obviously being on the same strategy as Magnussen, couldn't slow, couldn't even catch him in the end. Yeah. Imagine, imagine being not able to catch a driver that wasn't even racing two weeks ago. <laughs> uh, maybe the worst bit, maybe the bit that angers me the most out of all this is he came over the radio to Pete Bonington afterwards uh, when he told when Hamilton, when Bonington told him it was P ten, and Hamilton's like, "Do you even get a point for that position?" Yeah. This the, this the, this the, point scoring system has been in place since two thousand and ten. Yeah, he's finished in tenth for at least once in that region. Don't give me that shit. Like, I don't know. I I, was, I couldn't have to get angry at that. It's like you have been so incredibly fortunate to have a front running running car for eight years, and you are you have the gall to ask if you if P ten gets you a point. It just shows yeah. how little he's actually been in these positions. In a sport you've been in since two thousand and seven, you know. Yeah. Okay. The majority of Whatever. his time in F one has been with this modern point system that we have. I don't know. I just it's found your that. job for God's sake. Surely you know what positions score points. You that dumb that you that you have the right to think you can ask that kind of question. I don't know. It, Honestly, that just that just rubbed me the wrong way. It's like, wow, you just, the, you can tell how privileged he's Break. been in his uh, Break. in his in his career. So, wow, you're going hard there. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you know, he just that kind of thing is what annoys me. You should him. know, to be fair. Yeah. yeah, and then afterwards he decides, oh, it wasn't my fault type thing after the race in the post-race interviews I think the team need to look into it 
well, I mean, what happened to we uh, were the best team and you know and all that shenanigans. My team doesn't make mistakes. Yeah, it's it's slowly starting to come out. I, I said it wouldn't take long, and if these upgrades don't work, then I'm I'm going to be reveling mm. in it. Well, if Russell obviously tears. continues like this as well, because like it, that car was the third fastest in race trim today. Yeah, yeah, easy, easy. And then Lewis struggles to get a point. Yeah. Well, sorry, doesn't know if he got a point. <laughs> Again, like on race day, obviously, look, the safety car didn't help him. The, the team definitely missed a trick to get him in when they should have before the the safety car. The VSC was on, but the pit lane was still open. So they, they definitely mm -hmm. did not help him. But again, he didn't deserve a point in the first place because, again, all those in front of him retired, you know, should have been in the points. And then, yeah, yeah, just with the... A, poor, a really poor qualifying set on the back foot. And even even the strategy wasn't enough to, uh, to do anything about it. Would have been probably better off to go on the mediums. But again, hindsight's twenty twenty. So... Saturday was his fault. Sunday, more so the race circumstance and the team's fault, I would say. But. I still don't understand. With two cars not even starting the race, I don't understand why they just didn't start him from the pit lane. If, the, if it was to do with the setup of the car, why did they not start him from the pit lane and change it? I mean, they didn't, they didn't know that Sinoda wouldn't take the start. That is true. But he wouldn't. To be, to be fair, to your point, he would have only lost what three, four. Who was behind yeah, him? Hulkenberg, the two Williamses, and Sinoda. Who obviously didn't even take the start in the end, which obviously yeah. look disregard that because they couldn't have known that. So yeah, they'd four cars behind better. in a car that they, they would piss past the Williams, right? Yeah, easy. Stroll in the Aston Martin, Hulkenberg. I don't think really going to challenge. Mm -hmm. So there you go, easy. Uh, I'll give a quick loser of the weekend to Aston Martin for um, for how they oh, handled shit. Hulkenberg's race because if they had act because they left him out on the. Uh, they left him out, like 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 uh, Hamilton and Magnussen on the uh, on the hearts. He like he was doing well, like he was doing better than his teammate Stroll, who was dying on those mediums. Got past him. If they had pitted Hulkenberg at the safety car, given obviously they couldn't have known, but given what happened to everyone else, they probably would have got a point through Hulkenberg, at least maybe a point or two. Yeah, more than likely. But uh, yeah, quickly to the weekend from uh, for for that and. Uh, that's probably Hulkenberg's last involvement, at least for the time being, unless Stroll ends up, uh, you know, out of action for whatever reason if he picks up COVID himself. So uh, Vettel should be back in the car for two weeks in in Australia. So, uh, yeah, at this point, I thought they had a chance to get a point with Hulkenberg there if they played that a little bit better. But yeah, couldn't have foreseen some of the shenanigans that happened, I guess. Yeah. Uh, very similar to what Haas and Mick Schumacher had at, uh, at Bahrain. Yeah, basically. So... Anyway, that was a quick one for Aston Martin and then Lewis Hamilton. And I guess look, Mercedes wasn't as bad for them, to be fair. Like, yeah, Russell had some good race pace. They were just a comfortable kind of, you know, third quickest car. And, you know, that was what they could do. Mm. Uh, who else do you have as a loser of the uh, of the old weekend? Well, well the, the biggest loser of the weekend entirely. A guy that didn't really even get any running in at all. <laughs> Mr. Yuki Sonoda. Might as well have not bothered turning all. Yeah. Didn't get to do qualifying. Didn't get to do the race. Turned over a few practice sessions. <laughs> what a waste of time. I mean, at least Magnussen was able to qualify and get to Q3 and score some points, whereas Sonoda yeah. didn't even get to that lap in Q1. And on the reconnaissance lap, you know, stopped on the track. With a brand new PU. Yeah. So. Yeah, which is also worth mentioning. Alonso had a brand new PU as well this weekend. He did. And that went kaput. Yeah. So, yeah. 
I reckon the That's first uh, the first like poor qualifying I reckon for Alonso slash Sonoda or even Gasly given what he went through at uh, Bahrain they'll just right just get this over with stick a new stick new components in and get this out of the way because they it's a, they're going to have to do it at some point in the season and whenever uh, oh yeah it just makes sense if you're already P17 you might as well just take the hit yeah fresh unit bang done yeah but you're saying that Coscal. You never know, do you? Mm. Might not work that way. That yeah. way, if they're burning through them that quickly already. Yeah, I mean, if they're uh, if they're, well, obviously didn't really rear his head much in Bahrain, but it definitely did here. Oh yeah, definitely. A lot of it might have just been down to overheating. We don't know. Definitely was a factor mm. in Alonso's car. You could see it was all over the dash. Same for Alfa Romeo. Bottas was saying afterwards that they had to basically come in because the car was getting too hot. So. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but for Sonoda, I feel yeah, obviously we never we never quite know what he could have been capable of. I mean, points definitely could have been on the table today, even from where he started in the race. You know, obviously at the back. But anyways, uh, not to be. So yeah, I'll have to wait for next time for uh, Sonoda. But yeah, again, there's no there's no, there's no need to even take away from that. It's like no, like not even an issue. It's like oh, he qualified well at least, could even get a no. chance. So. He, had, he had one good lap in practice. Sure. <laughs> uh, so that's unfortunate for him. That, that's the highlight of his weekend. Um, another loser of the weekend. Um, well, obviously Nicholas Atifi, obviously just. Yeah, well, we're not going to talk about him. I mean, just, just the standard stuff, really. Again, I never bought into the stuff from last season. I never bought it, and yeah, I, I, the, the qualifying, the crashing qualifying. I'll give him, I'll give him a break. The car did just snap on him, but the one in the race, that was his fault. I'll say that. And uh, Alex Albon just been uh, hit with a three-place uh, grid penalty for Australian Grand Prix for his uh, late tangle with uh, Stroll there. So, I mean, what were they watching? Sorry, <laughs> it was oh, a bit I of a dive. To be fair, it was a dive, but Stroll just turned. You know what I mean? He's, I thought it was a bit of both, a bit of a racing incident. To be honest, but... I mean, you know, we Verstappen got a three-place grid penalty for Italy last year, and arguably same. You could apply the same stuff to that. True. True. They basically said that Albon locked up and, you know, they said he was determined that car 23 was wholly or predominantly to blame. Uh, is it not one or the other? Surely yeah. he's not or. Yeah. It's either one or the other, I would have thought. But, uh, <laughs> Bravo, FIA. Bravo. Anyway, there's a three plays grid drop for uh, Albon. Yeah. So, yeah, rough weekend for them. Obviously, the TV headlining us and uh, Perez. He won't be very friendly with Perez, but hey, I guess the Red Bull can't be too angry at Latifi. Eh? <laughs> no, no. It was it was quite awkward when uh, Latifi binned it and Jensen Button was on uh, Sky Comms. Oh, <laughs> of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was quite. He was like, "Is that the driver's fault?" Crofty was asking him, "Is that the driver's fault or is that the car?" And Jensen was trying to dodge the question. <laughs> Uh, actually, speaking of, can I give a loser of the weekend for this building narrative about Leclerc and Verstappen having raced in karting? Like it was said, it must have been said a thousand Just times. An yeah, they're, they're, they're trying to build it up, aren't they? They're trying to do this whole dramatization of like the title battle, like because they're trying to live on the high of last year, like already. Last season was great. We're over it. Bronze a new set of drivers, new rivalry. Mm-hmm. Yes, they race each other in kind, 
so did 90% of the grid. I know. Come on. Like, Gasly, the same thing. Like, I'm sure... Did, I, mean, I mean, Vettel and Hamilton race each other in junior categories as well. Like, Yeah, I'm sure they have had an incident at least once with each driver on the grid, for yeah. God's sake. And did we lean into this so much when, you know, Rosberg and Hamilton were racing together? It was mentioned, but I don't remember it being mentioned to the level that I saw on this... F1 TV with Will Buxton and Julian Palmer. Yeah, the, the, this is the Netflix drama shy being bought into it and I'm not a fan of it fair enough later on in the season trying to hype up the title battle fair play don't mind it like, that's fine like where is this in 2019 when they were fighting for wins yeah surely it should have come up then why is it coming up now why can't we use a more relevant example of when they went toe to toe in multiple races during the 2019 season Silverstone Austria Literally. there's a bunch of them Literally, all I see on TikTok is Max and Leclerc at Silverstone. It is nothing but that. But and like, then they're on about this plumbing. You can use that. From karting. You know? Yeah. Well, it's, 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 in, it's in yeah. F1, you know? It's it's not like 15, 20 years ago. So I don't know. I'm not liking how that's growing. I hope it stops because there's, there's just no need. <laughs> like, the, the thing is, though, Leclerc and Max are fine. There is no bullshit plumbing. It's been very amicable rivalry. so far. Leclerc congratulated Max on the victory. They both enjoyed the race. Yeah, it was clean and it was solid. So, as long as it continues, like I'm, I'm fair game for that. Mm-hmm. So, lose of the weekend for that, uh, that building narrative. I, I know it's I'm not gonna, going to stop, but I'm, I'm going to chuck the stewards in there as well. Uh, I won't lie; they, they were slow this weekend, and then the marshals and stuff. They were terribly slow. <laughs> yeah, they were. My word. Jesus Christ! If the Silverstones, they get the Silverstones do as a run for the money, <laughs> and they're they're meant to be the best, and they take about four laps to clean up a front wing. And Christ, and F two, they blooming spend six laps cleaning up one car. I know. It wasn't even like Cordial car wasn't even that. No, it was even that bad. Still roll it for God's sake. Oh dear. By the way, just coming through here, no action for Sainz and Perez on the yellow flag stuff. Yeah. Okay. Imagine just to uh, clear that one. I think they were, even if they had both cop pens, I depending on what they were, I'm sure they would have finished ahead of Russell anyway. So, yeah, yeah, and it only showed uh, science on the world feed, science and uh, magnetism from what I saw. Mm. So, yeah, um, I forgot to, re- I was gonna, I should have mentioned this in the winners or slash meh, but I'm gonna stick, I'll just quickly bring up Alfa Romeo, who thought they were going to be a lot worse at this track than they were with the high speed stuff, they were in the mix. Uh, they haven't quite solved their start stuff. Uh, mm. Bottas was fine, was able to get away okay. Uh, Guan Yu Zhou, unfortunately, was not. And between getting, he got, kind of got pinned and that inside curve with Ricardo and Hamilton close there. And uh, obviously, he, the anti-stall kicked in after that corner as well. So that's why he was so far behind. So I feel, I feel bad for him because I feel like that probably was the difference for him today because he finished P11 in the end. And which is it's just not bad to say, which is which is fine, of course, because they they I think the team did seem to bottle that. You see, the the mechanic, I think it was on the front left, touched the car, didn't he? And they counted those, you know, in the count that five seconds. So obviously, he had to come in and try to serve the penalty, failed at serving the penalty, and then had to do a drive through. So, um, his race pace I thought was okay, like he was you know catching Hamilton early on in the mediums, he was Uh, in the bags, yeah. So, I think between those two things that. No, weren't really in his control, so to speak. I mean, Bottas obviously made a better of it than than Joe, but maybe that's to be expected, be expected. Yeah, given the experience yeah. difference. So, 
Um, so kind of in between with uh, Alfa Romeo there, but they seem to be optimistic that they were running quite well in terms of pace, and hmm. a place they a characteristic of a circuit they weren't quite expecting it. So yeah. Um, any other losers? Of the week? We kind of touched on like Alonso, Ricardo, Bottas. Kind of you know their their teams were doing well, but just unfortunate for them from a point of view that obviously they conked out, and we've the Perez's luck we've kind of mentioned as well. So. Um, I don't really have any other loser of the weekend here, really, now that I look at it. No, not me either. So, and it's not really a lot to say in terms of, again, the aftermath of this race is fairly clear. Again, it's Verstappen and Leclerc, you know, you know, they're, uh, Leclerc said, like, every race should be like this, you know, hard but fair racing. Yeah, yeah, easily. So, I think, look, we're, we're in for a great, a great show. Like, again, we're, I think, with two teams again and you know like again the, the other two cars like being Sainz and Perez you know they were like Perez and very much in the mix today and I'm sure Sainz on his day will be in the mix too to throw a, a span between us I, I, we can't definitively say yet that this season is going to be Leclerc and Verstappen we, the others have been close enough in that range where we can't get too far ahead of ourselves with that because again like one retirement for Leclerc and a victory for Sainz next race we're talking a completely different title title picture all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. That's, the, that's the thing. I think we've got to um, take it all with a pinch of salt until we get to like Silverstone, where we're a good 10 races in, and then we can see the clear picture mm-hmm. of who's where. The development race will be still, well, we'll be absolutely raging on at that point, and we'll probably get some bounce backs from teams, some drivers actually understanding their cars, and some of the drivers losing understanding. It, it'll be all completely different ten mm-hmm. races in, in race ten, I think. To be fair, like Silverstone's where your second upgrades are kind of coming in. You know, you have your mm-hmm. first European race basically, which was technically Imola this season, but obviously between that and Spain, more so, obviously. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Interesting listening to some of the comments afterwards. George Russell called it like the most probably the most uh, physically intense race of his career so far. Yeah, a lot. Of, I think Hulkenberg was struggling with t- being tired, mm. and apparently Gasly quote was or quote was screaming in pain from intestines during the race. Strange. So, a lot. He said, "I don't know what happened with my intestines. I, I was dying inside the car. I was screaming because of the pain. I'm just happy the race is done. We managed to secure P8." He said, "I feel like every turn, every left turn, someone was stabbing me on the inside on my intestines. So it was not nice." Has he been stabbed in the intestines before? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it seemed like a quite a challenging weekend for uh, a number of drivers in these cars, which is again, and the general consensus it seemed to be much more clear at this race, but not just during the race, but obviously drivers speaking afterwards. Again, really praising these regulations and the changes made. It seemed definitely seemed to show much more here than Bahrain, just how mm. much these cars can race and. Drivers seemed there was some split opinion last last weekend from uh, Bahrain, but it seems to be a lot more drivers were happier with how they were able to race at a track like this, where the gap could have obviously been quite spread. Yeah, the thing is that we would not have got that that intense fight at the front in the last ten laps last year. No, not a chance. Or even it, 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 the star of the race, where you had the two Alpines. Bottas and Magnussen and there are some oh, the great scraps like McLaren's in the mix as well with a couple of the, Ast- the Aston Martins and the such like it was there's a lot of action quite at some points mm-hmm. for God's sake like you would not have been able to get three cars within a second of each other no chance 
So it's, it's great. And it, it only makes me look more and more. I can't wait for the Australian Grand Prix. Yeah, my, I, I got a message off my friend Adam straight after the race. These new regs are working brilliantly. And he's just like an amateur fan. He doesn't really know much. He only knows what I really tell him or what he reads on the on the Sky News or whatever. So when someone like that is saying it's working, then surely it's a good sign. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, fair play. It's looking excellent so far. Uh, mm. So then may it continue. Yeah, yeah. Do you have anything else to add on this race? I think that's pretty much about about it. No, that's it from me. Um, race rating. Yes, I was going to ask you. I'm going to give that an eight. Yeah, that was, that's exactly what I was going to go with. Solid eight. Not brilliant in certain places, but really good when it did kick off. Mm. And I think we got to see a better race because uh, it was, for the most part, most like in, uninterrupted for the most part. Like, apart from the TFI and obviously the the VSC for cars conking out, we got some like good good racing, like a good solid racing, not stuck behind safety car all the time. Like, yeah, which is surprising. Mm, so, I was expecting a red flag or two. <laughs> am I am I boring you? Or? <laughs> Well, to be fair, Graham, we went to bed at half past three this morning, so... Uh, but I, I have to interject here because I, I should mention that we don't live together, just, just to point that out. Yeah, we don't, but we went off, and like, I assume you went to bed at you know, the same like, time. Yeah, you know, like, I, I like Luke quite a bit, but I don't, I don't know if I like, I don't know if I like him that much, you know what I'm saying? Like, just... <laughs> well, well, I went to bed at half three, and then I was up again at eight, so... For, for actual context, we were, we were playing some games late last night. I actually didn't get to sleep till about, like, five, so... Wow. Not because I was up, like, I just couldn't sleep afterwards, so... I see. I see. Yeah, just, 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 just to, uh, just to, put, yeah. just to make, just you know, we, we went off. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's like, uh, I assume they know we're not. We're in different countries for fuck's sake. Yeah, just, like, just to make that clear. <laughs> yeah, Graham is in Ireland and I am in the middle of the UK. Just, just to make that perfectly clear. <laughs> be very strange if we went to bed together. Yeah, just, just it kind of sounded like we, we did. It's like, oh dear. Right, maybe on that note is a good time to end, I think. Um, I have nothing else to add. Yeah, I think it was a good good race, and I can't wait to see more. Two weeks, it kind of gives us a chance to kind of take stock. Uh, but we're gonna, next week, we're going to kind of take more stock on F2, which obviously happened this weekend as well. we got, well, Oof. plenty to talk about with F2. But I feel confused. I feel very confused what to talk about with F2. I feel like, do you know what, like, last I week... I know I'm going to talk about I know you're going to talk about it, but, like, last week I mentioned, like, you know, oh, we should just uh, save F2 for, like, a, you know, a, a bit of a break in the races, and because, you know, maybe after Jeddah, things will be a bit more clear. Uh, I am less yeah. clear now than when I was for F2 after Bahrain. No, there's a few things that have been made clear, but other things have just got even worse. Yeah, it's a very murky picture. I guess it adds to some of the excitement of the F2 season, so uh, we'll there's tackle that next week. There's only two consistencies in that, in that championship right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, pretty, I think I know which ones you're talking about, yes. So, um, we'll get stuck into that next week, and depending on if nothing happens, I guess, news-wise during the uh, this week and next week, because obviously it's the first time F1's got a chance to kind of regroup, people will kind of chat, and I'm sure we'll hear a few more storylines. I suscept Carlos Sainz's deal might be done quite soon. Yeah, and I'm sure, I'm pretty sure we're going to get the uh, Las Vegas announcement in the next few next month or so. So hmm, that but, may not come in the break. You never know. Hmm, but, but it might come in Miami. 
Yeah, maybe. Yeah, actually, that could be an interesting one. Yeah, I, I reckon they'll do it at Miami now. I've said that. Yeah, that that probably will happen actually. But unless all that kicks off, we might try and cover F three next week as well. If it's particularly a quiet week for news, we'll do F two and F three. So we'll see how that works out. But definitely, we'll talk F two having the two rounds done because F three doesn't pick back up until Imola, which is not for a little while yet. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I think that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Switchback Formula One podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, I've been uh, I've been Graham. I've been Yuki Sonoda's third power unit. And oh, great! Uh, third of three of three, I believe, would be the uh... yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, we shall see you next week. Goodbye.